Yeah, I mean, this was the only political ad in the Super Bowl, and, and that's because it cost seven million bucks. And like, it's almost like no campaigner super PAC is crazy enough to try it. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Friday, February 16th. Today, I'm joined by Teddy Schleifer to talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s Super Bowl ad, his super PAC, and his willingness to spend millions this election year on his independent presidential campaign. So how seriously should we be taking him? Teddy and I also dish on what major Democratic donors are saying about President Biden's age and whether it's impacting his 2024 fundraising machine. We'll discuss all that and much, much more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Are you tired of sleeping hotter than hell? I sure am. I sleep hot. There's something crucial about sleep that eludes us when we're too warm, too uncomfortable, and too caught in the web of our own thoughts to drift off. And while curiosity fuels our days, science tells us that cool sleep recharges our nights. That's where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Meet the bed cooling system that elevates the quality of human life through cool sleep. The Chili Pad Bed Cooling System is your new bedtime solution. I love it. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Chili Pad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees, allowing your body to rest and recover. This isn't just about escaping the heat, it's also about optimizing your sleep for better health, more energy, and improved physical and cognitive performance, which I obviously need hosting a podcast. Chili pads are designed for one or two sleepers, so if your sleep partner likes to sleep at a different temperature, or you only need it for one side of the bed, that's okay too, and we know that's crucial. Plus, you can schedule automated temperature changes to trigger deep sleep. But when I'm at home, Chili Pad solves those problems. So trust me on this one. Visit sleep.me slash powers to get your chili pad and save up to $315 with code powers. This offer is available exclusively for powers that be listeners and only for a limited time. Order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with their sleep trial. Visit www.sleep.com. Dot M-E slash powers, because you're not just investing in better sleep, you're creating a better life. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the powers that be. We're talking politics today with none other than Teddy Schleifer, who's adopted 49ers, lost in the Super Bowl. You've had a few days to recover, Teddy. I feel like every time I listen to sports radio this week, I mean, obviously, they have nothing to talk about until next football season on sports radio, so they're just going to fill time with NFL content. But everyone's dumping on Shanahan for taking possession first in overtime. Do you have any thoughts? How are your feelings, emotions? Do you really care that much? I I was less upset about them taking the ball first and more upset about them not going for it on fourth down inside the 10 at the end of overtime, um, which I thought had downside protection, so to speak, because I'm not going to go on for an hour about this, but for a minute, I just felt that um, <laughs> I just felt that the Niners, even if they did not 
uh, score the touchdown on fourth would have Chiefs would have had inside the 10 and would have had to still drive 55, 60 yards for a field goal to win anyway, um, which is basically what the Chiefs had to drive to win when they had the touchback and got to the 25. So I'm not doing great. It's been very draining. Uh, well, Peter, you talk about sports radio. I talk about TikTok, and I feel like my entire TikTok feed is full of like analyzing everything from, you know, the the block on Chris Jones and on the third down to you know how exactly the punt hit the hit the guy's foot. Uh, I'm inundated with content and and it's a bit of a, a bit of an emotional drain. So thanks for bringing it up. You're welcome. Well, you know our boy Tim Miller on Sunday night said something just astute, which is he just made the decision a while back that Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. It is what it is, and that's put him in a better headspace. Uh, since just understanding this is out of his control. We're in the presence of greatness. So, Teddy, speaking of the game, one reason I brought the game up first is I wanted your take on that RFK Jr. Super Bowl ad that ran late in the second quarter. You know, I wrote about it. I think most people who worked in politics thought it was, like, pretty good. Uh, And the reason, uh, and if people who said it was bad tended to be the partisans who don't want RFK Jr. to be a spoiler. And so there were lots of Democrats and progressives on Twitter being like, this is terrible. And the same thing was coming out of Mm. some folks I know in Mar-a-Lago. If they were that triggered by it, that means it was somewhat effective. I mean, it it was purely a a name ID play, 120-some million Americans watching. I, I thought that's why it was a smart strategic decision by the RFK Jr. Super PAC. What did you think about that spot? And did you have any idea this was coming, like from the Super PAC? You, you have sources mm. over there. Yeah, I mean, this was the only political ad uh, in, in the Super Bowl, and, and that's because thing cost seven million bucks, and like it's almost like no campaigner Super PAC is crazy enough to try it, right? I mean, um, <laughs> just the cost of this means that if it fails, right, it fails spectacularly. I mean, seven million dollars that could be. 25% of the amount of money the super PAC raises period over the core entire campaign, you know, or, or, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's a small, if it's a small group, uh, I mean, the, the super PAC, which is called American values, this is a group that befitting, you know, a kind of a gadfly candidate is staffed by gadflies and by kind of randos who have no experience in politics, you know, uh, a hodgepodge of people who are sort of people that come from the quote-unquote vaccine-free movement or people who are friends of Bobby's personally. These are not, you know, staffed by, you know, Karov and David Axelrod and Jeff Rowe, uh, you know, and, th- and that's kind of what makes them crazy enough to do it, right, is, is that they're not kind of trained political animals. They're just people who think, like, we should, uh, we should fund this um, and we should put it up on the air. Um, there's a very interesting story to, um, to this, which is first reported by The Times, which is someone I've covered actually a bit here, Puck, named Nicole Shanahan, who um, is a Bay Area philanthropist who sort of became a, a national figure, at least in the, in the media, because she is the former wife of Sergey Brin, the Google founder, and she was the woman at the center of the whole controversy involving whether or not she had an affair with Elon Musk two years ago, which was a story that was about. So Shanahan was the person behind the ad. She put $4 million to the Super PAC explicitly um, for this ad. She basically created the ad by using you know, advertising contacts she knew. Um, and she uh, is somebody who, you know, as a donor, sort of took this into her own hands. Um, so, no, I did not have a heads up, even though I know Nicole and have written about Nicole and interviewed Nicole, um, because this kind of came from an unusual place. It came from an idea that one donor had um, working with a bunch of 
uh, political operatives who, you know, you got to put the word operative in quotes because they're not really political operatives. Like this, this was very much an irregular process where one donor had an idea and some, you know, friends of Bobby's who run the super PAC said, let's do it. And then they were off to the races. One of the criticisms of this super PAC from the Biden campaign, from uh, liberals on Twitter slash X generally is that they've also taken money, American Values has, from Donald Trump donor, erstwhile Donald Trump donor, Timothy Mellon. And, you know, among those people you mentioned, I, we were texting about this the other day. I was trying to get some intel on the Super Bowl ad, and I emailed and texted this guy, Tony Lyons, who is, I guess, the putative spokesperson for this group. He runs a, like, conservative slash independent publishing house, you know, who, you know, he published Trump-friendly books in the past, um, is a friend of RFK Jr.'s. Again, like you said, operatives in quotes here. But these people seem to be, you know, maybe they just are, like, from the uh, contrarian vaccine freedom side of, of the American political conversation, and that's just what they are. But how much truth is there to the Democratic claim that this super PAC is just out there to fuck with Joe Biden? I'd, I'd, I'd give that, you know, two Nokios. Um, I mean, the the truth is, I mean, Timothy Mellon, who is um, another kind of strange bird um, in the Republican donor world, who basically uh, came out of nowhere during the Trump era, making eight-figure contributions with zero planning or, you know, game playing. He is indeed, you know, the largest donor to the RFK Super PAC. Interestingly enough, he donated first time when RFK was running as a Democrat. I think, Peter, in your words, to fuck with Joe Biden, right? Like this is a Trump guy, you know, fucking with Joe Biden by, you know, supporting RFK when he's running in the Democrat primary. But then you also have him donating, interestingly, a second time over the last couple of months, late last year, when RFK was running as an independent. So my understanding of Timothy Mellon is that he does, you know, he, he's a Trump guy at his core. But, you know, he's obviously comfortable enough with RFK, where if he became president of the United States, he's cool with it. There's another donor um, who has caught my attention, who's this guy named Gavin DeBecker. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of him before? Only via your reporting, my friend. The, the reason I say that is he is like, he's a puck character in a lot of ways. He was uh, sort of the, the brains behind the Jeff Bezos idea that Bezos' phone had been hacked by the Saudis, uh, which was never confirmed, but DeBecker got a lot of media attention out at um and he's you know sort of sort of a, a guardian to the stars as the new york times called him he's always like surrounding people in hollywood and offering them security services including bobby kennedy de becker put 10 million dollars into the rfk super PAC, making him second only to timothy mellon but here's the catch which is that he was refunded nine and a half men of that 10 million bucks um in what is i think huh. you could fairly call a, a scheme um, whether or not it is a kosher scheme or a trafe scheme, um, I'll, I'll leave to you know the campaign finance lawyers. But he basically offered him the money, the, offered Bobby Kennedy to pack the money as what he called bridge funding. What he told me was bridge funding, which is not a thing. You know, it's more conventionally called a loan, where you get a loan that you know you pay back, or a super PAC will pay you back. But I guess the the reason why I found the whole thing sort of sleazy, to be honest, is. The super PAC was out there saying, we raised, you know, $25, $30 million, but like ever disclosed that like they were going to be refunding large amounts of that money. So certainly, and I've never seen that in my 10 years covering money <laughs> in politics. Uh, and uh, it, it makes, makes, makes you wonder kind of 
what other sort of schemes the super PAC has in store. But um, sometimes the schemes work, like, you know, airing a $7 million Super Bowl spot. That gambit is definitely from the frontiers of, like, fundraising for a press release. <laughs> you know, raise a lot of money, flex on it, and then send the donor uh, a refund. <laughs> I've never heard of that before either. It, it reminds me of, of some. Uh, the closest analog to this, I think, is when candidates say that they've raised a certain money and it's actually a loan from the candidate himself. That's that's another one. Um, look, people play games, but I thought this was particularly egregious. So, Well, one thing that also happened this week that is noteworthy when it comes to these third-party bids is that the Biden campaign via the DNC has brought on Liz Smith, the Democratic yeah. communications strategist who is known as a total nut cutter um, to basically go on offense against no labels, RFK Jr., Cornell West, et cetera, anyone who's sort of threatening the Biden coalition. That just that that hire alone suggests that the Biden campaign is taking RFK Jr.'s bid seriously. Uh, we'll see how many ballots he gets on. He's only on. Utah right now and has a, a long way to go. A bunch of signature collection deadlines are coming up. So we'll see how much of a actual, actual ballot threat he is. Uh, but for now, it's clear that RFK and his allies are willing to spend money to get his name out there. Um, Teddy, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you what major Democratic donors are saying about Joe Biden and that special counsel report. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome back to the Powers That Be, everybody. I opened the last segment by talking about the San Francisco 49ers. I want to open this segment by talking about the Bay Area generally, because Joe Biden is heading out to San Francisco next week for a high-dollar fundraiser hosted by the Getty family, maybe you've heard of them, and Nancy Pelosi out in San Francisco. Teddy, look, Joe Biden, first of all, Never a really great fundraiser, sure. <laughs> like when he was running for president. Um, not a small dollar fundraiser necessarily until he was, uh, you know, the Democratic nominee in 2020. Now he has the benefits of incumbency. Lots of people are helping him out and writing big checks. But I think it's always been the case with Biden that no one's like on the donor side, on the voter side. It's like totally in love with Joe Biden. He is, you know, the guy who beat Donald Trump. Everyone got on board because of that. So what are donors saying now that not only is Biden in the pits when it comes to his approval rating, head-to-head matchups are showing him losing to Donald Trump at various battleground states, and now the conversation around his age and his fitness for office seems to have been ramped up by Robert Hur's par- pretty partisan, I think, uh, <laughs> a special counsel report, but still... Um, it just called even more attention to his memory, uh, his you know verbal flubs, and whether he is up for this job. What are donors saying about this conversation that's definitely happening in the media right now? There's no other option. Whether or not Joe Biden was was the best candidate or is the best candidate to to beat Trump, you know that ended 
at the end of 2022. Like Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee. He's president of the United States. He's going to be nominated at the convention. Whether or not that, that, that that's where the conversation with donors starts is there are no other options. Um, so given that, it's, it's as if, you know, you, you're, at, you're at a restaurant and there's one on the menu and like doesn't really matter. Um, you're eating it. Um, and <laughs> for Democratic donors that I talked with over the last week, the, there's a sense of, uh, of despondency, a sense of defeatism, a sense of whataboutism, right? I mean, what about Trump's age? What about mm-hmm. Trump's mm-hmm. problems? You know, like, you know what it reminds me of, Peter? It reminds me of talking with Republican donors about why they are hopeful that Trump is the nominee and how, whether or not Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. you know, has a shot. Like there's this nihilism that like, doesn't, it doesn't matter what you what you want. Like this is what you got. The, there, there's uh, the obvious, right? Which is that Biden's age I- is a problem. Texting with a Democratic bundler just before he got on, you know, I was asking this person, to what extent do you think this is like a media creation, right? And And do you think this is just like, total bullshit that has been like, you know, that is similar to the Hillary Clinton email scandal. And, you know, and, and, and their point was, you know, she does think the media has been overstating it. But, you know, real donors do bring it up to her when she's raising money. Like whether or not it is a media creation or not, it is still legitimate from a fundraising standpoint that like people talk about. Maybe that's because of the media. So the, the her report obviously was was devastating. And, um, you know, it has had reverberations all around the major donor community. Biden is headed to the Bay Area next week for what is his first fundraising trip since this drought. Um, we had the story yesterday that, you know, this this Pelosi Getty dinner, 100K a pop, no other no other tiers, which I thought was pretty uh, pretty unusual, usually like a 50K tier or something like that. Whoa. Uh, and I think fundraising trips will be a good test of, you know, whether or not this is merely inconvenient and damaging or whether it is more devastating for the Biden reelect. Yeah, I mean, it could just be he's in the in the bottom of a bad news cycle right now, and you know, right. then that's a, that's Trump, like Trump's term in the barrel will come, and you know, you just have to knuckle down and get through it. The last thing, like, is there any sense that Biden's fundraising muscle is has weakened? I mean, is he on pace to raise the right amount of money? I mean, from what I've seen in terms of FEC reports and press releases, they seem like they're on a pretty good pace. The Biden reelect. They're doing, they're doing fine. I mean, like, I mean, like, they're, you know, he's he, he, fundraising for for Biden is not really apples to apples. The fundraising for Trump, um, as much as the Biden campaign tries to make it true, I mean, Biden can raise a lot more money than Trump can because of he's the Democratic nominee and raise money alongside the DNC. So I always, I always saw out like the graphics that Biden people put out where they point out we're raising more than Trump. The real comp is to Obama, um, and we're uh-huh. not Biden is kind of doing well enough. And you know, those aren't really apples to apples either. But look, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the best thing that Joe Biden has going for him at this point as a fundraiser is that Trump picked the nomination quickly. You know, if you paint a scenario in which Nikki Haley uh, or Ron DeSantis is making this race competitive through May or June, Democratic donors might not give early, right? I mean, um, you might not be reminded of the fact that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. Now we're in the point where, you know, allegedly there's a Republican primary still going on. It's getting almost zero media attention at this point. And Democratic donors can talk about the fact that Joe is going to face Donald Trump in nine months. And do you want to donate $100,000 to sit with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi at the Gettys? That is the, the very real question before contributors in the progressive world. And there's no there's no sugarcoating it. So the her report sucks for Joe Biden. Yes, Joe Biden remains like he's not a naturally good Pfizer. Um, but Donald Trump has sewn up the nomination, you know, quickly than he could have. 
And that's the best news the Biden campaign um, has gotten in a while because now they can approach Reid Hoffman and approach George Soros and say, how many zeros you add into that if you want to really save American democracy. All right, Teddy. Enjoy the weekend, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.